how do you not? I just don't have time. If I have any free time, it's for video games. So it's like, you know, if you have an hour of free time or whatever in the day, I got to make, got to yeah. figure out which one I can do. And I usually prefer video games. So yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. But like even at the store, you put something on the TV sometimes and just like games. Because Game I mean, yeah. you know, there's a big TV there and we just want to like show off whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever games are sitting there. So no, I mean, I still listen to music, I guess, because that I can do while working or oh, doing totally. other things. But other than that. Are you on the Spotify? Uh, I do have a Spotify, yeah. Like the paid membership one? Um, I can't remember if I am anymore. I was paying for it for a while. I don't think I am right now. Do you get terrible commercials? Because then that means you haven't paid for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, kind of putting the two together of video games get patches and updates, but the new Drake album, which I'm really into, called Scorpion, they got an update, like a patch, to the album. Whoa, weird. Because they can do that now. Isn't that weird? What, what did they patch? They like change like levels and stuff. And, oh, like, okay. And I think some, a couple things with lyrics maybe, like unbleeped something or. Wow. That's. Isn't that weird? That's really weird. I don't know why I think that's so weird, but. That's, it's weird. Yeah. Well, because I mean, when video games get patches, it's typically just to fix something that went wrong as opposed to making a creative change. Oh, yeah, totally. So if they changed anything like lyrically or, you know, anything that could be considered a creative decision, that's that's weird. Because yeah. that doesn't really happen with patches for video games. Well, you know where it does happen, and I've actually done it in writing online. Like you do a post, a blog post, or an actual article. Oh, yeah. You and know, you and you're like, it. you edit it a bit. And people don't know the difference. Because they're just, well, also people don't read. Yeah. we got to change that. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast. I'm Carlos, and uh, there's a lot of things where we talk about media, entertainment, video games, streaming stuff, uh, music, as we were just talking about. And I'm Carlos, and I have with us today Kelsey Lewin. Hi. Hey. You're of Pink Gorilla fame. Of Pink Gorilla fame. That's what I'm going to That doesn't say. mean anything to no. like so many people. That just sounds like nonsense. What is Pink Gorilla, <laughs> for the people who don't know? Pink Gorilla is uh, the video game store that I own half of, so... We are two locations in Seattle, Washington, sell retro games, import games, cool stuff, you yeah. know, trading cards, all those kinds of things. It is one of the cool stores in the Northwest. Well, I see that you have a sticker on your laptop. Oh, do so I? You do. I forgot. <laughs> oh, I do, yeah. Uh, it is a red store, and I was going to it forever before you owned it, uh, and I really dug it, and I, I like it even more now, and I love what you guys have done with it and brought it out to shows. You're always there, and you're like super hard worker. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> you try and succeed. Uh, and you also do YouTube stuff uh, and a podcast called Game Blitz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot a lot of things. Oh, you're a perfect See, guest. See, get that? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I dig your uh, videos, and you don't do too many videos right now. No, they're, you know, the style of videos I've been doing, they're basically mini documentaries and I mean like really mini like they're definitely on very specific very short subject matter but the amount of time that goes into making them the way I want to make them because I'm definitely a perfectionist um, I mean it's it's easily a hundred hours per mm. video I put out which is crazy um, it shouldn't be that way but the research that I do um, it's not that I'm reading continuously for 
50 hours or whatever. It's that I have to read oftentimes the same thing over and over and over again to see if, you know, this article that was clearly sourced from the same press release as this article added anything. Mm. You know, I'm just I'm basically spending a ton of that time just searching to see if there's one more thing that's really difficult to find information on on the Internet, because my goal with those videos is that I've done all like there's nothing more to learn. Yeah, there's I (laughs) have done all of it. I've done the hours and hours of exhaustive research at libraries using, you know, paid databases. Yeah. All of that. You know, I mean, so there's nothing more you could do. And I'm not that's not to say that there's literally nothing else to learn. New information could totally surface later. But it's not likely. Yeah. I mean, someone could find a yeah, a press release or something that was previously not available yeah, anywhere. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not saying that it is literally everything you need to know, but it is currently, as we know it, for all of the information out there, that's that's, that's, it. that's it. No, it feels that way. <laughs> and I, I, I edit videos as well. And so when I watch her stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, she did her research. She's got every part of everything about this topic, and it's in there. Yeah. It's not, so. like, monetarily lucrative at all. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely... For the amount of hours you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, and it to... never will be. Yeah. Like, there's... I would have to get a stupid amount of views, like, more views than there really are people who would ever be interested in something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. for me to ever make any money on it. So it's not... I'm not doing it for money or anything like that. Um, I just... I really enjoy the research process, and I enjoy the sort of converting it into a complete mini lesson. Yeah, process. it's like a and book then, almost in a way. It's yeah, like a, and then the video a... editing is the part I hate, but yeah. <laughs> that takes me forever. I really, really enjoy it, and I like the idea of um, you know. I think you're doing it because it's a passion, right? That's why you're doing it. It's not for that monetary part of it. And like you said, you're a perfectionist. You want to get like the full story, the full, this is actually what happened. And this is the product and this is all of its releases, et cetera, et cetera. I've had multiple videos where I have reshot them because one more tiny piece of information was found. I almost had to do that with this one I'm working on right now, but luckily I was able to just record a voice over. Oh yeah. Just kind of like Put show it B-roll. in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that one for? Can you tell us? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Game Boy Sewing Machine. Oh, that's and, you mentioned Sewing Machine in your last podcast. Yeah, yeah, and it should be out relatively soon because I got, I mean, I did like nine and a half hours of video editing yesterday, oh and I'm, I'm just really bad at it. Like, I, there's no way it should be taking this long. I'm sure a better person than me could have it done we, already. We should talk after. Yeah. I know the I, editing... I'm bit. I'm working on it. I'm getting a little bit better every time, but yeah. I just, you know, there's got to be ways to do things like copy paste. Oh, the there same, is. Oh, there is. We know. need to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> using Premiere or Final Cut? Uh, Premiere. Okay. After the podcast, we'll we'll talk. All right. I'll help you out. Don't worry. Don't worry. And Thank also, you. I have a question. I have something about your YouTube page too. I'll help sure. you. Sure. Yeah. There's one thing there. Um, okay. Well, this uh, podcast that we're on is about entertainment and things we're into. Uh, I'm in a million things, but you're the guest. So, what's one thing you're digging on right now that you just? I'm gonna guess it's a game. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of something that's somewhat new rather than like, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon two lately, but that's kind of old news. Oh uh, well, not really. Well, it's well, what year? I mean, we're, you know, it's not it, ancient news. No, no, Splatoon. I'm, I mean, yeah, it, it's for the Switch, so it can't be that yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but more recently, I was playing the Octopath 
Traveler Ooh. demo. Did you play that? No, I want to hear about this. Okay. I know the concept. I've seen the imagery, and I'm so enamored with it. Yeah, so everyone is excited about it. I think uh has a lot to do with both the art style, which is kind of this mix of, you know, the sort of 16-bit Super Nintendo era type imagery and graphics um, set on like a 3D plane mm. with some more, you know, modern lighting and that sort of thing applied to it. So it, it's an interesting look. It's definitely not something I've ever seen done in a game before. I'm not quite as enamored by the style as a lot of people are. Oh. To me, it's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But <laughs> some people are like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Well, some people say that it's like if the 16-bit era just kept going. Right. And we never got, like, polygons and stuff. It was like, oh, it would just be better lighting and graphics, yeah. you know, like, in fog effects. So that's, does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I, actually, if you've ever played, like, the PSP version of Final Fantasy IV, where they just sort of, like, added effects. Oh, yeah. Like, when you cast you know fire spells and like, stuff Ooh. it's like real looking fire yeah, but yeah. everything else remains 16 bit so yeah um, i remember me and my brother when we were uh growing up because again i'm old uh <laughs> in the 1800s um we were playing mario brothers super mario Bros. one and we were like man wouldn't this be amazing if it was just like and we were saying this back then just like amazing graphics like arcade graphics we would say yeah. that's all we had to compare <laughs> it to but like we were just thinking about this like, photorealistic Mario, but still 2D. So we didn't want like Mario 64. You know, we weren't thinking right. that way. We were like, how could this be better and more realistic looking, but like the same game? Well, Super Mario World is pretty yes. much what mm -hmm. you're describing then, I guess, right? But it's also 3D. But yeah, I mean, it's like Super Mario World. Super Mario is World is 3D. Yeah, it's 2D. You're right. Yeah. I was thinking Super Mario. Um, 3D World. No, <laughs> no. Uh, the new one. Oh my goodness, Odyssey. Odyssey. I was thinking Odyssey for some reason. Odyssey is an incredible game. Odyssey is really good. Yeah, and did you beat it? I totally. I did. Yeah, yeah. Although there's a bunch of like secret ending stuff oh. that you can do if you get all of all the those moons. different things. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't think you need all of them. You just need a lot of them. Um, and then there's this crazy difficult level with no checkpoints that's extremely Ugh. long, and that's like sort of. The true ending, I guess. I mean, yeah. nothing changes. It's just like, do you want to unlock this crazy hard bonus level? That Bowser was already hard. I remember being like real mad at that. Yeah. I do it like a bunch of times. Anyways, back to Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. So, yeah, the demo, the game comes out in like, I think five days, four or oh, five yeah, days. Soon. So it's, it's really soon. Uh, but I played the demo and it basically, it's cool because it just says, all right, you've got three hours. Start the game. You got three hours, and it's otherwise like the entire thing. That's sweet. Yeah, so you can just start from wherever you want. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So I started with, there's, there's eight people, obviously, that's why it's called Octo. Octopath, right? And uh, you just kind of start their story. They've got their own motivations for leaving town and, you know, going off on an adventure or whatever. And then you see on the map where the other people are, and you can be like, well... I don't really know where I'm going yet. Maybe I'll try this village that's, you know, relatively close to me, or I can meet this other guy. And then it'll prompt you to play through the beginning of their oh, motivations okay. and story, um, you know, as soon as you meet them. And then once you've done that, you guys are kind of like a, a party. Buddies. And yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can go and you can do what the first person wanted to do, what they're setting off to do, or what the second person set off to do, or just go to another random town and recruit 
a third person. And what's the total? Do you know the party it's going to be? The, like, is, I mean, there's eight people, but is it going to be your party? Oh, is going to be eight people, or do you think it's I, just going to be? It's probably three or four, but I don't know. Eight would be unruly. No, I know it's not eight because yeah. there's like a grayed out menu that's like change party. Oh, okay. Uh, in like the taverns, so there there is definitely not going to be eight people fighting yeah, at yeah, once. Yeah. But I don't exactly know. I like that concept though of just going and meeting people, and then they're in your town and yeah. you're in your gang or whatever. So. I really like that idea, but I was disappointed. And again, I mean, this is a demo, so I mean, it probably gets better than this. I was disappointed that although the writing for the game, you know, so far, all their motivations seem really sound, all of the writing is really good, but then you meet this person, and rather than coming to, you know, understand the other person's motivation and being like, yeah, you know, okay, I'll, I'll tag along, they're just like, all right. Like, you meet them, and you're like, you want to join my party? And they're like, cool. Mm. All right, I guess. So what made it so weird for me is I started with this uh, huntress lady, and she's very, like, um, she's kind of, like, hippie. She's, you know, very much about the the trees and the forest and the life, you know, circle of life and all of that stuff. And, you know, it seems like a very... I would say good person, noble person. And the first person I met up with is a thief. Oh, nice. And like... She didn't the care. Thief, yeah, the thief is like, well, I'm just trying to steal this treasure from this mansion. And you just are like, yeah, cool, I'll join you. All like, right. But, but she wouldn't do that. Why? Yeah. What's her motivation for joining a thief? Yeah. You know, this all this writing leading up to this. They didn't build in the backstory of how each one would interact with each other. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it gets better, especially right. once you start having, like, party interactions and Maybe she's stuff. just got to see him steal something and be like, okay, wait, listen. I was on board in the beginning because she seemed like a nice guy, but yeah. now I'm not. Yeah, so I, I, I'm curious to see hmm. if that improves. The battle system is really good, though. Um, and I like, I mean, I like pretty much everything else about it. That yeah. just sort of threw me off. I'm like, well, that's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Sometimes you can't get everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they focus on a bunch of stuff. And as you know, with game development, like, maybe that's just like it was an afterthought or something. They're like, I guess we're just going to say that they're together. Yeah. And they're going to go just, on this. Other I can't thing. come up with a way that these guys would want to be together, but right. they kind of have to be. So <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of, um, was it Star Ocean 1, where they all had four different stories or five different stories? One was a robot. One was... Um... I haven't played that okay. one. I'm sorry. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was the first Star Ocean, and I believe it's PlayStation. And that was the one where you could start from any story. And one was like a robot. They were all just some types of people. And then you did also, I think, meet up with the other people. So there's some similarity there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, that one actually, I think, was really focused about how they interacted with each other. Because they were really building... I think they only built like four or five stories. Right. Maybe it's when you get to eight. Yeah, it it's just too goes much. out the window. It just, or I mean, maybe they just had similar enough yeah. motivations in Star Ocean that it made sense, and you never questioned it, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I think maybe I just took a path that seemed really, uh, right? You know, totally different. This, this hippie girl and a thief were yeah. probably not the two they like necessarily wanted you to pair up right away. All the QA tests, none yeah. of them did that. <laughs> They're like, wait, what if they picked the hippie lady and the thief? Yeah, no one will do that. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you go to a thief first? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. The, the player's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> in that setting, the player's wrong. By the way, in Star Ocean 1, I am still mad at that game because literally I got stuck and I was like 40, 50 hours into that game. Oh. And it was a, I don't know if that even happens anymore, but like a bug where I was stuck, stuck. 
Like you could not. There's nothing. Yeah. That, that's why. Even like the to boss this was day, gone. It was supposed to be there. It wasn't there. That's it. Yeah. To this day, I still make multiple save files when I can. Just yeah, I feel for like that I did. reason. Maybe there was only one in, in, in the olden days. We only had <laughs> one save. Actually, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't make another save. Maybe I did. No, I think I, I think it was like broken enough to like, I saved it before that moment, but then I went to the place it and the guy was still matter. not there. It uh, didn't matter. Yeah, that's what it was. That sucks. Yeah. I hate that. And, and that's, you know, people hate patches. People hate that patches are necessary, but hey, that's a way that- full circle. You know. If Drake can do it, it makes sense <laughs> for video games. Um, I'm also playing uh, Pokemon Quest. Are you trying that yet? Yeah, I played that a little okay. bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an okay time waster. Yeah, it's not a Pokemon game. No, it's pretty much just, I mean, there's not really gameplay. Like, it sort of auto-does everything for you, mm-hmm. um, which is... A weird kind of game. Yeah. You're literally just picking attacks here and there. Yeah. It feels like an MMO or something. Like a, Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then you're just doing these specials, you know, special moves. And, uh, yeah, the fact that they move on their own is bothers me because the strategy. I know. I want to be able to, like, dodge. Yeah. And I, I feel like I could do nothing besides, like, just hit my special and that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a button you can press that that tells your party to scatter, and that's sort of the dodge button technically Get but it really there. but i mean it really doesn't work cuz they just will scatter in a random direction so oftentimes oh. they'll just scatter like into the attack it doesn't really <laughs> nice it doesn't really work that don't well. go the way of the monsters yeah. oh there they go yeah i yeah i agree it's just a time waster um it's a fun time waster and they definitely yeah. do this thing where you do cooking and you make recipes and that makes new pokemon show up and i got a vulpix right nice. away and i was really excited about that do you have a shiny yet no, I just actually, played it for a couple Okay, because they're somewhat common in there. I have a couple shinies, and I mean, you know, in the normal Pokemon games, in the, you know, the Game Boy and the DS and all of the very... The real The ones. main series yeah, Pokemon yeah. games, right? Um, your chances of getting a shiny, I forget what it is exactly, but I mean, it's one out of thousands. Mm. So you may go your entire life without seeing a shiny. Like, they are that rare. Wow. It's an enormous deal if you find one. And there's ways, they've added ways in the newer games to cut that number down. If you're a shiny hunter, you know, you can breed in specific ways. You can um, fight Pokemon in specific ways. It's called chaining, which I don't even know is a thing anymore in in the newer games. Mm. Um, But there were ways to cut down that percentage. But still, I mean, the best you could do was like a one in, I don't know, 200 chance or something like that so you still even if you're trying super hard you just it's rng right like you may or may not ever see one and this one you get them this one yeah i mean i feel like it's a one in like i don't know one in 30 one in 40 chance in pokemon quest i mean i've seen quite a few i've seen i think i have three or four oh my goodness yeah well that's another reason why it's not a pokemon game Right. It's not doing the, it doesn't care about that stuff. Yeah. You know, this is definitely, it feels like a, I don't say paint by numbers, but it's, you know, this could be another game with a different license. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this could be like J- Joe's Adventure Quest. And, you know, you hit buttons for specials here and there, and that's it. But be, that being said, people who not necessarily are into Pokemon could play it because yeah. they're like, okay, I guess these guys are little creatures or something. And they just like the, the loop of it, you know, it's very mobile. Yeah. And you'll get to a point, so I actually played it quite a bit, and then I got to a point where, like, it puts up 
a really high wall. So oh. right now you're probably just enjoying much, the loop because they're feeding it to me. Yeah, to and you're excited. you're pretty much getting through every level. Maybe you got to stop and grind once or twice, but I in just general, beat the first boss. That's all okay. I mean. yeah. yeah, in general, for the first I don't know five entire uh, stops, like you know, there's like five levels per mm-hmm. little area. Um, you'll just kind of fly through them, but then it gets to a point where I mean, I was grinding for multiple days. I mean, you know, it stops you with that battery recharge thing. Yep. Um, but I was grinding for multiple days and, like, maybe being able to get one level closer. And it, so I kind of stopped playing once it, they threw that wall up super hard. Yeah. That sucks. And especially because um, they get you in the beginning. They're like, you know, look at it. It's easy. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's fine. I spent... A few hours, maybe maybe ten hours total playing that game, and I'm yeah. I'm not I don't regret the ten hours I played total. And you're done. That's it. Yeah, I've done it and it's done. Are, you aren't still playing Pokemon Go, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, so I stopped that too. I I'm still into. You're Pokemon still going. Go. I am. You're going. I am Pokemon going. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? Pokemon going? That I don't sounds know. like a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's. It definitely was one of those things where it was a moment, and I'm so, like, similarly, in a way, I'm glad it happened. A lot of mobile experiences are like that for me. Like, I have this great game or great ARG moment or something with a phone, and I go, wow, that was really cool. And then now I'm never going to look at it again, yeah. you know? But you're still going. I am. Going. They, they've they added a lot of stuff in the last few months that have gotten a lot of people kind of back into it. I never stopped playing. I went, like... I was very lightly playing for a while, but um, I never uninstalled it or anything. I've still been keeping up with it. But they've added a bunch of shiny Pokemon, which is always a, a big motivation for people. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, They do these community days now once a month that are designed to just get everyone playing. So for three hours a day, uh, you know, three hours a day on this one day, there will be just an enormous amount of spawns of whatever Pokemon they've decided the community day is with a much higher chance to get a shiny version of it. So yesterday was Squirtle Day. Oh, I like Squirtle. Yeah. And so they had shiny Squirtles. And then not only that, but there was a way to get Squirtle wearing sunglasses. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. So, But it's cool because those are the days you'll actually see a bunch of people outside walking around again just like when, when the, the game first started. Yeah, came yeah. out and it's it's basically only on those once a month community days that i see that now but but it's kind of cool because you're like oh yeah this happened when everyone was playing and yeah people you look running, around and yeah running into the beach and stuff like let's all go down there there's something i tell you what though this uh country specifically really needs that the whole community aspect like it's just the divisiveness that I talk about in this podcast a lot, but it, it's just so frustrating. And so, yeah, video games, music, entertainment brings us together. Yeah. And what better way, uh, or what simpler way, is to like, hey, everybody, just bring your phone over here and let's all get in on something together. The first like two weeks of Pokemon Go are the closest I've ever seen to world peace, <laughs> and I think the closest we will ever see in our lifetime. Oh, like don't everyone say was that. just so happy. I know. I don't even mean that in like a horrifically negative way i just mean that was like literally everyone was just happy and helping each other and i've never seen anything like that i mean you'd walk outside and people were just tapping you on the shoulder and being like hey there's a growlith over there just so you know i don't know who you are yeah you're stranger to me but we're but i just want to like give you a hint and help you out for no reason Mm -hmm. and you know they just kind of people just kind of yell out 
if they saw something or did something that could be helpful. Yeah. It was it was, no, that was cool. It happened at our work too. I remember <laughs> we were at work and it was just we'd see people would just come in and be like, Did you know that oh it's right over there? You know? Or like we gotta go all everybody has to go downstairs. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> and I know we're working, but we have to do it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, well, Pokemon Go, you're still playing. I'm not going to go back to it, but I appreciate those community days. That seems really cool. Um, I'm playing a lot of... Um, it's so weird. It's such an old game, but uh, Red Faction uh, Remastered, the Gorilla one. Hmm. It's uh, Red Faction was, a, I think, it started as a first-person game. And then at some point, they released this one called Gorilla. Let me make sure that's right. And it was had destructible environments. So was that... Uh, third-person action-adventure game that has, yeah, Gorilla, that has um, destructible environments. And I mean everything can be destroyed. I love that. I love that. And it happens very few times. This is one of the first ones that kind of did it amazing and probably still to this day the best. Uh, 2009 it came out, and um, Volition um, was the developer. And, yeah, they uh, you have a pickaxe, and you're, like, mining on Mars. So, like, that's your motivation. You're a miner. But, of course, there's a bad faction called the EDF, and they're terrible, and they're like the government, but really mean government, and they want to take over, and you're part of, like, you know, the liberation of something, of Mars. Um, so that's the set. It's not really much. It's like take over bases, take over this area, get your resistance meter up, and so the people will start fighting with you, which is actually really cool. So you'll get more ammo, or you'll get more, literally, people running, like, with you to a firefight. So you're like going there like, a bunch of uh, people joined you. <laughs> They're all going to help you right nice. now. And I'm like, sweet. Um, but the reason I'm playing is because that destructibility and because the promise of what Crackdown 3 was and still is, <laughs> um, and they were going to use this destructibility with cloud computing. Right. Um, and maybe that's why I'm guessing that it's taken so long to come out because it's that's a harder thing to do. I think even when they announced that, everyone was like, you don't have to do that. You don't. We, we want the game. Red so... Faction Guerrilla shows you you don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I think here's the key, and this is why I bring it up. I'm playing the crap out of it. I love it. And I had never beaten it, so I'm going to go back and beat it. But what they did... Uh, is they just allowed the bugginess to exist. Like a Skyrim or like a Bethesda game or something like that, um, You, when you break down a building, sometimes like random pieces of metal are just like flying around and like in the ground and then they pop back out. I have a ton of gifts of this. <laughs> and they just were like, yeah, okay. We'll just we'll leave that. That's the game. Because if you don't, then you perfect it too much and I feel like you you wait for it to all like fall perfectly and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but maybe that's what's holding up the Crackdown stuff, is like maybe they really want it to be, you know, perfectly. Yeah, I think, I mean, people are hard on mistakes like that when they don't really affect gameplay that much. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad opinion to have. I totally understand wanting your games to feel finished and like they don't have bugs in them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of with you where I just don't really mind bugs that don't get in the way of anything. Right. It's like, like something clipping through a wall. As long as everything else is still normal and playable, I can ignore it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If it's it's like Star Ocean and it stops me playing, then yeah, it's terrible. Right. Right. But yeah, the occasional wall clipping and that sort of thing. I mean, I'm I'll get over that. If this, if it's going to take you an extra eight months to get your game out yeah. just to get rid of wall clipping, I'd rather just have the game. Yeah, I'll just have the game, please. But, but I mean, you know, that really depends on the severity of the glitch, obviously. Right. I mean, game-breaking ones, of course, you can't release, but um, there's 
there's some physics ones that would definitely bother me, but for the most part, if it's just like a cosmetic, you know, type thing like yeah. that, I'd be like, eh. It's fun. I tell it's you what. It's silly, but yeah. Well, it's almost like fun with it. You know what I mean? Like again, people who like Bethesda games like embrace the craziness that yeah. comes with it. Which skate is it that's got the crazy? Is it Skate oh, Three yeah. that's got skate the crazy three, I think. Yeah. physics and yeah. stuff? And I'm people love that game. I love that game. Oh, I still, that's why I thought it was E3. They were going to announce a new skate and they didn't. Yeah, everyone thought that. I know. <laughs> or a Tony Hawk because they fucked up the last one and. No more Tony Hawk, please. Oh, Robomoto's really? killed like Yeah, I know they and, destroyed until it. they until they get rid of Robomoto, I mean, I don't know. Well, here's the thing is I again I grew up with uh what was the first game? Slacker? No, Skater? Fuck, what is it? Uh Thrasher. <laughs> Thrasher was the first PlayStation One skateboarding game. And I played it. And it had physics that were like when you fell down, it looked like you broke all your bones. You know, like it looked real bad. By the way, people listening, go to the internet, uh, type in Thrasher. It had a really good soundtrack. And it was the beginning, because it was a disc, it was the beginning of like, oh, you can hear some really great music on video games. You know, and Tony Hawk was right after that. And it had better physics. But it was still this kind of moment, just like we said in the... Um, there's a moment with mobile games or something. You always remember that. There's a huge moment with like the first time I played skateboarding games uh, on my home console because before that I'd played in the arcade. Was it 720? Skate or die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, the point I bring that up is that I miss skateboarding games. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, well, there's that new one um, that they're working on, and I am blanking on the name. Oh, you're right. The They did not announce that at D3. Yeah, I can't. And we were like, it's not Skate, shut up. But, it, okay, what is it? I cannot remember. I'll I'm completely it. blanking on the name right now. But, yeah, they, they did announce another skateboarding game. They only showed, like, cinematics, and I have not been curious enough, I guess, to actually look up if there's any gameplay. Session. Session. Don't That's like right. the name. Not a fan of that name. Yeah, eh. Yeah, we, we couldn't remember it. That's true. You know, we remember Tony Hawk. Yeah. Well, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> that is a guy's name. It is a guy's name. Uh, <laughs> and I remember Thrasher from a long time ago. So Session, get on it. Also, Thrasher was a skate magazine, I think. Anyways, I'll check it out because I just need I need a skateboarding game in my life. I really do. Yeah, I think most Session. people just end up going back to the old Tony Hawk ones and just... They're still good. Yeah. They really are. Three. I think three is my favorite. Oh, it's really good. Uh, okay, well, that's that. Um, other shit that I'm into. Well, I, I hadn't sweared all podcast, and then I swore just twice. But it's okay. You eh. can you can if you want. Do you? You don't swear on podcast. No, I do. I don't, do you? I don't really think about it either way. So right. if I feel like I need to, I do. But right. That's I, how it should be. I honestly don't even notice when I do. We tried to do a podcast once where we tried to make it like kid-friendly, mm. and we couldn't do it, and not because we are constantly swearing, just like when we feel like a swear is appropriate it's it hard to, to turn out. that off yeah yeah uh, i'm just not very good at censoring myself like that unless i'm like physically standing in front of a small child right in which case my brain all the time <laughs> you just you just constantly <laughs> then, yeah yeah that yeah. i want to be a terrible influence <laughs> i feel like when you actually see someone in front of you who shouldn't be hearing swear right, words right. your brain is better equipped to like turn it off but i don't know when yeah. i'm just talking to someone i'm always you know i don't have any filter with Cody and my podcast partner basically at all. Yeah. So it's hard to turn on a filter with someone I'm not used to having to do that with. Yeah, yeah. and it's good you don't. I mean, it's just um I don't remember hearing you swear much in that. But I mean I'm not like a total potty mouth. I'm just 
potty mouth. Yeah. By you saying potty mouth, I know that you don't swear much. <laughs> <laughs> you just called it potty mouth. Um, I'm watching um, uh, a million things, but one of the things is uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee came back. Oh, yeah? Uh, Netflix. Have you ever seen that? I, yeah, I've seen it. I don't really watch any TV, though. I, I, I do like any... Seinfeld, though. So Yeah. Um, I, and I, re- I totally understand that everything I say now that has to do with viewing things, you're going to be like, I have not seen it. Yeah. But um, I bring this up because I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. I like Jerry Seinfeld a lot, and I like that show, and I love, as I do a podcast right now, talking to people and listening to their stories, especially comedians, and I do stand up here and there. Um, the problem is, is that I just feel like it's finally getting to me on how kind of condescending he is. <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. like something I can deal with for a while, but now there's like, what, I don't know, the fourth or fifth, in quote, season of this show. And I definitely like a lot of the people he had on, like John Mulaney's on it and Kate McKinnon, which I love. And sometimes those people get through his, like, well, this is really what's going on. That's how he does it, you know? Here's life. Let me explain it to you. Yeah. And they're like, um, I'm a grown person. <laughs> and I have my own thoughts, you know? So um, a couple of people will get through that crap. Like, Kate did a really good job of it. But it just bothers me. That's the, I feel like that's the complaint I hear a lot. Really? About, and that's probably the reason, um, just to bring Cody, my podcast partner, up again, he doesn't like Seinfeld. And I think that's the reason he doesn't like him. Mm. It just feels like it's kind of talking down to you yeah. humor for the most part, which I can't even really, I can't really refute that. I mean, that is kind of his personality. So I don't know. I feel like I maybe wouldn't like him that much in real life, but I can deal with it just as listening to a comedian. Yeah. But... Would you like his act? If that, in I mean, in general, yeah, I I think so. I'm I have I watched everything and recall everything. You know, I know everyone makes fun of some of his older lines. You know, what's the deal with airline food and all of that? Oh. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was just more like a, it's that kind of you look at the world and make jokes. About yeah, it yeah. Like so uh, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not the world's biggest fan or anything but you Did know you watch the show the tv show yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know I, why i asked that like it was a, like everybody I, my in the dad's world jewish so oh like, forget about I, it yeah i had i basically lived on seinfeld growing up oh interesting had to watch it yeah it's a requirement <laughs> Listen, you go to temple temple <laughs> and then you go watch your seinfeld that's your thing and no we were not we were not good jewish people like we <laughs> you just watched the seinfeld part well i didn't yeah like i never had a bat mitzvah you what? know, I didn't do any of that, so I'm just because Judaism is kind of one of those things where like you can be culturally Jewish but not religiously Jewish, and like that's sort of where I'm at. Although even that, I don't even celebrate all the holidays. I just oh, celebrate yeah. like the big ones. So hey, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. I think that's a lot of people. I mean, it probably is, and it you know, my dad grew up in upstate New York from. Uh, the first part of his life. Have we so... talked about that? That's where I'm from. Oh, really? Yeah. He's from, uh, oh my gosh, where is he from? Well, my grandma lived in Rochester, but I think he's from Buffalo. Okay, I'm from Syracuse. Okay. Originally, yeah, I grew up in Syracuse. Huh, okay. So yeah. he dealt with all the snow. Yeah. yeah. So had I grown up there, I think I would probably be oh, a little bit more Jewish. You would be more Jewy. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't grow up, I mean, I basically never lived on the east coast i did but when i was very very little like i lived in baltimore when i was really young but ever since then i've been either midwest or south or 
total West Coast. Yeah, so Seattleite. I, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> you you missed your Jewy part. I guess so. Yeah, it's like back there still. <laughs> we have to, we should go back and do like a whole tour. We'll get you a bagel. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you the place. Yeah, I'm not Jewish, but I grew up in New York, so I'm like an honorary Jew. Yeah, you're like. I mean, you got part of it. That's, yeah. that's that cultural thing. It's the cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't grow up around. A, I mean, I really just didn't grow up around other Jews at all. So that's why it's sort of like this weird spot in my identity that I feel like could be there, but isn't really because I just didn't have much exposure to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not particularly like sad or happy about it either way. It just kind of never happened, you know. Yeah. Like if you were adopted, it's sort of like if you were adopted, right? Like if you were adopted out of another country. Mm. And brought here, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I know technically I'm from this other country, but all oh, right, but I eh. just I do what uh, Jane and 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 Bob say to do. Right, we, just, we go have a Christmas tree and yeah, yeah, and maybe they maybe they like are nice about it and celebrate this holiday from my home country with me, but right, and that's that's sort of where I'm at, and I you know, do you think um, do you have any beliefs or ideas on like does the does the Jewish faith at all come into play with like after you die and thoughts like that? Or do you like, is any of that influence any of that stuff? Or? Not really. I mean, I just, I just didn't grow up. Like my dad's not a religious person mm-hmm. really, or at least never, he's never been outwardly religious. So I just didn't really have any of that, any of that knowledge growing up, any of that attachment to that part of yeah, the religion. I, well, I, I think know. that it's interesting because a lot of the religion part is the part that, can be kind of annoying and again man made, but spirituality, which is like now almost a new buzzword, like <laughs> people who are like, oh, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Um, I think that's important though, right? And spirituality can be a lot of things to a lot of people. It doesn't necessarily have to be attached to like this old school sure. religion, right? Yeah. So would you say you have any spirituality? Uh, By know, me setting it up that way? Yeah, I just I I haven't really thought about it too much to be honest. I mean, I my mom, you know, was. Christian, so I guess I grew up in a more Christian of a household because you know we celebrate Easter and Christmas and yeah, all yeah. of that stuff as well. Um, Did you know it was about the resurrection and all that stuff, or was it just like it's just a bunny? No, no, I knew. Okay. I mean, she she had us go to church and everything. I just I don't know. Even even from a young age, I was just kind of like, this isn't for me. Um, I I, yeah, video games, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. About that. And I'm you know not not in like an angry screw these people kind of way. Just this isn't my area yeah it didn't resonate with you yeah. <laughs> uh video games did and i'm glad they did yeah because we have I guess that makes me shallow but <laughs> <laughs> you're like let me think about that for a minute no i think uh well not to go too off on a tangent but um i studied quantum physics and i love quantum physics and it really does talk about the nature of reality whenever you get to that level right now we're talking about quantum computers and the idea that we could create you know ai and sophisticated robots all this stuff kind of pushes you to think about what it means to be conscious, what it means to be, do we have a soul, right? Like this book I'm reading uh, that I mentioned on the last episode, it's called The Fourth Age, and they talk about, you know, if we build AI that's really sophisticated, will it have a soul? Wait, do we have a soul? Like, do animals have souls? And all that kind of stuff. So that thought I, I consider like spirituality, and I think lots of times it comes from just studying science or studying the world yeah. around you, right? Like when you start studying reality, it becomes like magic, yeah, really. I mean, honestly, it sort of makes this is going to sound dumb, but like it makes my brain hurt to think about. And when you think about, you know, there have been people saying like, okay, well, we're at the point where we may be able to start saving people's 
brains right. and like kind of uploading their brains. Ray right? Kurzweil, but singularity. Yeah. But what is you know, I'm there's no way that if you turned on that copy of my brain that I would then feel like two separate people, right? Like that would be a different. Would you be over if there? If there was a consciousness, right? right yeah. In a fake brain, it wouldn't also be mine. Right, but you would be gone at that point, right? Or would you be around? Well, I mean, they probably wouldn't do it until I was gone, right? But, yeah. you know, assuming that they turn on this fake brain while the person is still alive, like, it's they're not going to be controlling both at the same no, time. No, yeah, yeah. So that's where it kind of weirds me out. Cause, like, you can, you're not going to live on necessarily just an exact copy of you. Right, a cloner. If, if they can do all of yeah. that. Yeah, we actually just had the discussion about a teleporter. So if you step on a teleporter, is that you anymore? Because they take all the particles out and then put them back together. And if so, does your soul go with it if you had one, right? Is it Or is it just a clone? So what I said last night over drinks is I said, uh, when you step on a teleporter, you kill yourself. Because yeah, then you're, you're like. no longer the person anymore. And like what you just said, like the clone part really takes over, or like the next thing. Yeah. So I don't want to go on a teleporter anymore. Me neither. All right. <laughs> Uh, these, are, these are true first world problems. Yes, like they're not wanting well, to go in teleporters. Listen, <laughs> I don't like walking, so but I also am not going to kill myself in a teleporter. Um, thoughts on Intellivision? Let's hit that real quick because we got about sure. 15 minutes left. Um, I had heard you talk about on the last episode of the podcast of Game Blitz, which you can show listen to. It's up right now. Mm-hmm. And you talk about Intellivision and the Atari VCS. I just want to talk about the Intellivision. We can both agree, I think, that the Atari is kind of silly. Yeah, I think most people are just yeah. kind of hand-waving it and for in, good reason. In general, I just don't think they have a good enough plan. No, no. Yeah. I mean, they have the difference between the VCS and the Intellivision is at least the Intellivision, regardless of how you feel about it, they have a legitimate business plan that has been thought out with market research and an actual action plan. I mean, yep. it's a full, you know, I went to business school that, at least they have done all of the legwork. Yep. You can disagree with what results they, you know, the results that they expect to get versus the results you expect them to get, which I do. I do disagree with what they think is going to happen, but I can't say that they didn't do the legwork on it. Yeah, let's talk about what they uh, plan to do. Um, so the guy, the CEO, is Tommy Tellerico, which some of you might remember, uh, him and Victor did Electric Playground together back in the day, which now Victor still does Electric Playground. You should go watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, on gaming.youtube, he does a live show. Uh, I think every day? Is he crazy? I think he might do it every day. That's so crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> I used to do this podcast every day for a while, and then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> no, thanks. I don't think, like, you'd have to just spend the rest of your free time finding more media to keep talking about it well right? that's actually like, easy for me that's oh, okay. why i was able to do it yeah because <laughs> like as soon as we're done here i'll like experience four new things um because i have problems and i don't sleep but anyways uh tommy Tellerico, he was known for also doing um concerts and music so mm-hmm. video game music and also being like the funny guy uh cohort uh victor on his electric playground show so i know him for that and then all of a sudden i hear this press release or something comes out and he's uh, it was actually on uh, Victor's show going like, yeah, I want to bring back the Intellivision. But we're going to do it in this very interesting way where it's going to be a family-friendly device that it's going to be, you know, really simple games. And I heard that they're bringing back the wheel, which the controller had, the original controller on television had yeah. this wheel, which was like supposed to be the simplest, um, like, directional pad. But 
I didn't never liked it when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, I thought it was really interesting that they were bringing that back. And then he also said, we did market research. We tested this with a bunch of people who are not gamers. And they found it easier, like more intuitive than a D-pad or a joystick. And I, I just... I don't believe that. I know. I'm like, well, I can't argue if you say you did the research and those were the results you got. That we, just we sounds can. so... We can That doesn't argue. sound right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think the market research... Well, here's the thing. When you do market research, it's still those specific people. Like, maybe those people were just wrong. Or like... Yeah, I guess a, I don't know the sample size. Right. I mean, if it was only 10 people and he just got 10 weird ones. <laughs> 10 weird ones. He was like, let's <laughs> find the weird pile of... People for yeah, you know, well, because um, I'm, we did uh, market research at Big Fish when I was there. I remember seeing it and watching that stuff, and I was like, it just depends on who comes in that day. Like, yeah. are you going to really base a whole thing on like? And it worked lots of times, but other times, yeah. So I don't know about that wheel, but I do like the concept of. It's a system that has it just goes back to basics. It's like okay, video games are crazy. I just do this voice all the time, and uh, they're very complicated for the person who doesn't normally play video games. Well, let's make it simple, like a mobile game, like you had talked about on the show, and um, and make a console out of that, and hook it up to your TV, and anybody, anybody could play it, uh, like the Wii, etc. But, I think you brought this up as well, does anybody want that right now? Yeah, and his counter to that was, well, you see how well the Wii sold among moms and grandmas and people who normally don't game, but to me... The Wii sold to those people because it advertised itself as a way to, like, get your body moving. Right. I mean, it wasn't so much that they wanted to play games. It was that they wanted to, you know, I did a whole video on the Exertainment bike for the Super Nintendo, Oh, I saw that, yeah. It's the same. It's Exertainment. They don't want to be bored. They don't want to go to the gym. But every, you know, everyone wants to be in shape and slim and stuff. And they're like, well, if I can pretend bowl and pretend play tennis rather than going to the gym yeah that's way better that bowling didn't work because you were drinking beer usually while (laughs) playing we bowling so i think you were gaining weight with playing that one but yeah no yeah totally it was more the kind of like this is a bunch of things in one yeah not just like video games yeah and i'm i mean i'm sure plenty of them did play you know there was bejeweled on the wii there was all kinds of you know very normal casual games like that as well that weren't meant to exercise or anything but I I just don't think anyone bought the system for things yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they bought it for playing Bejeweled and playing yeah. the sort of easy, simple mobile games. I think they bought it because they saw it on, you know, Good Morning America or whatever, where people were exercising with it and they were like, Oh, that looks fun and it's exercise. Yeah. I can I can jump, you know, I can do two hundred dollars or whatever to get exercise. The or... Wii board, the Wii Fitness yeah. board and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's part of it, but I also think that it was a moment in time. Right? So like one of my favorite bands in the world is Nirvana and they happened because it was just the right time. Like they were an incredible weird punk rock weird band, but they happened at this apex of like where pop music was shit. CNC Music Factory was out. I mean, that's all I got to say. And it was just a weird time. And I feel like the whole country and the world needed some sort of like really great rock band. And they came out and they just, you know, never mind, boom. So I feel like the Wii kind of had some of that going on with it too. Like it was just um, this time where, what was the system before that? GameCube. GameCube, right? And that kind of fizzled in a way. Like I, yeah, I that love was, my GameCube. That was one of Nintendo's worst selling consoles, which right. is weird given the amount of nostalgia people have for it. But, I mean, look at the numbers. It is yeah. one of their worst 
performing consoles. Right. So after that, like after almost a loss, comes a big victory. Yeah. So not just for Nintendo, but for just in general, like the marketplace. It was like hungry for something that was different and new. And I would say that's part of it. And we're thinking like, I mean, this is like 2005, 2006. I mean, this was not when you had a bunch of games on a smartphone in your pocket yet. Right. I mean, I think smartphones were like around, but they were not, they definitely weren't in everyone's hands. And there weren't, you know, tons of free games on the app stores and stuff. So, I mean, if people were looking for something casual, this was probably, you know, a pretty decent way to do it because not everyone had a smartphone yet. But, you know, we're, what, 12 years removed from that now? And everyone does have a smartphone. So, you know, it's just I don't think that people necessarily are interested in the distinction between playing it on their phone and then playing it in front of their TV. Mm. You know? You mean, oh, like they would rather just play it on their phone? Well, I just don't think they care either way. And they're not going to spend $150 or whatever. I can't remember how much the system's going to cost, but they're yeah. not going to spend that amount of money just so that they can play it on their TV. For fun, how much was the Wii when it came out? Uh, I feel like it was cheap. Gosh, was it 200 or 300 I, I feel like it was at least... Uh, 200 definitely, but I feel like it was cheap. I feel like it was 200 I could use the internet. Okay. I thought I thought it was more than 200 but I could be wrong. We... I just know that it sold out instantly. I mean, there were there Well, that's were why I was wondering. And, and 250 250 okay. I think is what it says here. Yeah. Uh, so the Wii cost 250 includes one game. Oh, wait, that's just talking about now, isn't it? No. No. They're, they're like $20 <laughs> at the pawn store. Oh, wait, you should never go to pawn stores. You should only go to Pink Gorilla <laughs> if you want video games. Um, well, anyways, I just remember it being cheaper. Yeah, I think it was two forty nine, and uh, it's so funny how just fifty dollars makes a difference. You're like, oh, oh it okay, totally does. okay, two fifty versus three hundred sounds like, like a big difference. Three hundred is a thousand dollars. Yeah, three hundred yeah. is so much money. Yeah. I really got to think about that. Two fifty is like that's that's a lot, I but I can it. do it. I can do it. Yeah. Um, what's funny is that. Uh, and I think I don't know if you've ever talked about this much in your shows, but it, you know, with with you taking in account for inflation and stuff, it, the prices are the same. Like oh, I, yeah. I feel like because when I grew up, I would start looking at all my old you know notes and pictures and stuff because I even did stuff back then with VCRs and VHS tapes and stuff. When I look at a lot of stuff, I like look at my Turbo games and all that stuff. Turbo graphics game sixty dollars. You know, like which brand was new. actually like. $90 adjusted for inflation. Right. So so that's like really expensive. Yeah. And not only that, but I mean, if you're talking about like uh, Super Nintendo RPGs, Saturn RPGs, those oftentimes were $80 or $90. That's right. I remember they were new. 80 And that's well over $100 adjusted for inflation. But, so games have gotten cheaper. Yeah. And $80, by the way, when you're like a young kid and, uh, you know, I was like a janitor at the school to make extra money. Which is hilarious to see a little kid scraping gum off <laughs> tables, and sad. Um, yeah, it was a lot of saving, you know. Yeah, and, uh, $100, that's, I mean, that's a whole system. Minimum well, wage back then was like four or five bucks. It was. I mean, yeah, I got paid four dollars <laughs> and fifty cents at Taco Bell, um, and I closed, which I wasn't supposed to close. I was fourteen, and they you're not supposed to close. Wait, you could work when you were fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, this is the olden days. 
In the 1800s, they didn't care. In the 1800s. I thought I thought the- uh, Or was I 16? I thought the 16 minimum has been around for a while. Even since the 80s? I thought so, but maybe I I'm I feel wrong. like I was 14. Well, but you know what? Maybe it was just a lot more like, eh, Le- no one's yeah, going to check. Fine. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> His name's Carlos. He's working at Taco Bell. I mean, Who cares? there wasn't like a, a computer they were entering this information into. Yeah, no, so they that's were just right. like There was no computer. They were like, how old are you? And you're like, eh, 16 and just wrote 16 down and <laughs> although i i can't lie so that i wouldn't have done that but i would have just said 14 they're probably like, get in the back yeah. yeah i i mean i had a job when i was 15 but it was like a there, there's ways you can do it but you can't work like very often and it's oh, right. under certain yeah. conditions and stuff like you can be like a camp counselor at 15 that sort of thing. Well, who's gonna Who's gonna believe a camp counselor who's fifteen? That's what I want to like know. Like five year olds. Oh, okay, for yeah. young young. <laughs> or just like if you you're like a camp counselor at like a day camp, like arts and crafts or oh, something. Right. Just you know, yeah. you don't have to be taking a bunch of eleven year olds on a sleep. Yeah, that's camp. what I that's what I yeah. see. I'm like, <laughs> all right, kids, follow me. I'm the fifteen year old, and I know what to do. Um, I yeah, my first job I think was a farm. And I think I was 11 or 12. And again, you're like so young, you're not supposed to be working, but they get, they skirt that. They're like, yeah, he's on the farm, he's just doing a couple of things. I, I have the most, this is the most Texan thing I can say about myself. And we will get back to in television for the oh, yeah. at some point. <laughs> the most Texas thing I can say about myself, because uh, I lived there for 11 years. I worked on a farm, sort of. It was like a horse, um, horseback riding place, but they also had chickens and, you know, ducks and that sort of thing. And, you know, you can't work when you're like 12, mm-hmm. but I would work in exchange for in like being allowed to ride the horses, basically. Oh, that's adorable. Because horseback riding lessons cost money. Yeah. Um, you know, having a horse costs a lot of money. I obviously was not going to get an entire horse myself. So, yeah, I, I worked in order to ride horses. That that's was not awesome. like a long period in my life, but it's it's weird to think about because I'm just so far removed from that now. Yeah, yeah. But can it's you ride a horse Texan. good? Yeah. All right, good. You got the lessons? I'm sure I can. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't for a while. It's yeah, it's been a while, but well, you know, you know, I've gone to like Colorado and gone horseback riding in the last like five years, probably. It doesn't really. It's like riding a bike. Like you, you at least mostly remember muscle memory. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. You know, I used to be able to tell you all of the parts of the horse and everything, which sounds gross, but okay, yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) this is the leg part and the ass part. That's not what they're called. It's that's not what they're called, but no. you know. Um, that Anyways, is funny. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I like that. I like <laughs> that story, and I like the idea that you know how to ride a horse because guess what? If this apocalypse happens at some point, you're going to be better off than I am. Oh yeah. Because like, if you see a wild horse, you'd be like, "Let's go." I don't know if I could tame a wild horse. Oh, that's that, true. That might be difficult. Okay, okay, but I could steal someone else's horse. That's probably. what I was going to say. Like, he's already in a stable. He's yeah. chilling, and you're like, "Okay, I know how to ride a horse. Let's yeah, get yeah, out of here." Yeah, I could do that. Okay. I still know. I think I could still probably set up a saddle and everything. Can two people ride a horse at the same time? Uh, some horses are set up for it. You, it's just not like you don't. I don't really think I've seen to. it. You don't. <laughs> you don't want. Like to it's do just, it. it's bad for it's the not like horse. A bike. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It would and hurt him. There's not really like saddles built for two people, so you That's could do it like bareback. But I just never, I just saw that in my head, and I never seen two people on a horse. Yeah, some people do it like you know romantic horse rides on the beach together or something, but only but, on like covers of books. Yeah, and but usually that's without a saddle. Which you really shouldn't do unless you're experienced. I don't know where this conversation. I don't know is either, going. but I know that I've uh, I did ride a horse <laughs> once because I shot a music video, not music video, like a instructional video for a horse 
company or something where they <laughs> a horse taught company. you. <laughs> you know the horse companies. They got all the it's, horse parts. It's run by horses. It's, and they tell you all the horse parts. <laughs> but uh, um, I did it for this woman, and we shot this really cool video about how to ride uh, a horse and how to get on it quickly and bareback and all that stuff. And I definitely got on it myself without a saddle just to you know try the whole thing. It hurt. Yeah, you don't want to ride. Do There's a reason they were they yeah. do saddles. Especially the guy it's parts. It's painful. The guy parts hurt. All right, in television, real quick. Going from horse <laughs> and guy parts to in television. Got like five or ten minutes. Um, I am going to say my preview review is that I wanted to succeed because I like Tommy. And I do like the concept. I am, I like you said, suspicious if it will work. Because it isn't like the Wii where there was a moment in time and a fitness angle. So it doesn't have those things going for it. The only thing I'll say pro that it does have going for it, maybe, that I heard him talk about uh, with Victor, is that he's really uh, going towards the indie devs and trying to get a lot of dev support. Now, I know that he wants to do exclusive games, etc. But if you get a ton of indie devs, if, if, uh, then you can have a lot of great stuff. Like the stuff that's on Itch.io right now, which if you don't know about Itch.io, go to itch.io. Uh, it's great indie games, and a lot of them are free. And some of the stuff on Steam that doesn't get any love because you can't find anything on Steam because there's right. so much stuff. That stuff, that kind of, the games like that can go over there, like the promise of Ouya. Um, you know, then you got something because you have a little bit of a platform that goes to your television to play Steam games, right? Like so right now, the Steam Link. Well, but is he said good. everything's going to be an exclusive. Right. I guess. Uh, Asterix the Steam part of it. I just mean like the indie devs that would normally make those games. Yeah. Could make but them just, for that. But that's not even what he wants. He just wants like only simple games. So there's a bunch of amazing, you know, deep, gorgeous indie games that he would not put on his platform. But there are a bunch of ton of simple indie games yeah. that are really great too. Yeah. I mean, was that Killer Queen game? So fun. I still haven't played that. Oh, in the arcade? And I've, I've seen it in the arcade multiple times, but, like, it just looks very involved, and, like, I need to know. I need someone, like, instructing me. Oh, Portland uh, Expo. I'm going to finally go this year. It's October, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll play down there at okay. Ground Control. They have it there. Oh, God, you don't want to go to Ground Control during PRG. Oh, that's right. We have to go down, like, a couple days before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they actually, I don't know if you've seen this. This is another aside, but they redoing it. Ground Control. Like they... Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah, went, yeah. actually, so half of it is open again. Oh, cool, And yeah. I went in, and it's it's very different. Um, they had the, look, the red boxes like and it. stuff. Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it, but I also miss what it used to be. Like, right now, there's no upper floor open. It's just, uh, the new bar looks really cool. Yep. Um, but they don't have that many machines open right now. Yeah, and there's yeah. no upstairs, so like none of the pinball stuff really. Well, there's a little bit of pinball It feels stuff, smaller right now. It's a lot yeah, smaller yeah. right now. So. Um, yeah, I do remember that original being like, I go upstairs, get a beer, go upstairs and play pinball yeah. for a while. And that was cool. Um, back to indie games and Killer Queen. Yes, that's how we got there. Um, yeah, I just think that if they do that, um, you know, I think there's a possibility there. But it, it really comes down to like what games he slash the company wants yeah. to put on there. I think the best thing they have going for them right now, to me, um, and this is one that I don't, I don't know if other people agree with this, but I think the best thing he has going for it right now is that he wants every single game on it to be rated E, and oh, yeah. that, that's his promise is that every game on there is going to be rated E. So that's actually a great angle at selling 
to parents because for an uninformed parent who's not willing to uh, do the research, and I don't, I'm not even blaming them. Like if if you have no interest in video games and you just want your small child to shut up, like I, you know, I, it sucks to have to learn and do research about this entire thing. I get it. You know, obviously you should, but, but also I get not wanting to. So if you see this console that's only safe games, there's mm-hmm. no microtransactions, there's basically no way your little kids can mess it up, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that they can accidentally stumble upon something awful. They can't use your credit card. It's completely safe console. So I totally get that angle. That's a great way to market it and be like, hey, does the Xbox scare you? Do you... If, what is a Fortnite? You know, like <laughs> what is a Fortnite? Uh, yeah, then totally. get this instead, and like yeah. the kids will not be happy with it unless they're very young. To be honest, I mean, they probably already have formed opinions from talking like, to their friends at school about Fortnite on their PlayStation or their Xbox or whatever. But if you just want to get them a game console, especially for younger children, you yeah, know, four or five years old, they're definitely not old enough to be navigating an Xbox um, necessarily. Well, the and kids... this is actually like a pretty good option for that yeah the young people probably already have fortnite on their phone too because that's true it's mobile now that's true. so i keep they, forgetting that yeah they can probably just play that and then maybe maybe they will just be like okay well this is a thing mom bought and i guess i'll just play this for these other things yeah but, and they may i mean honestly especially for younger children i think they legitimately will like that because you don't you know i was playing pokemon when i was like five when it came out i'm very young but <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i'm very old but uh but even that, I mean, I I was a, a quick learner growing up, so I was reading when I was, like, two and a half. So I, I was able, I know, yeah. I'm not still that smart, but I was when I was young. <laughs> you started off early smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, got, I just got, it's like, just this flying head start and then just, just oh. totally lost steam. So, you know, I was able to get through that game, but that was a tough game for, you know, there's a lot of text in there. There's a lot of words that maybe a young person hasn't yeah. heard. You know, I'm not necessarily thinking that a young person's going to play an RPG necessarily, but there's definitely something to be said about, you know, a four or five year old just playing simple well, rated E games. Totally. Right? And that's how I started. I mean, I started with Atari. Yeah. And I think that's what he's probably seeing in his head. So Atari was, uh, I mentioned this recently somewhere, but the, the first game, Combat or Tank or whatever it was called, I think it was Combat. Combat. Um, where you shoot each other with tanks, and there's just one level where you can um, shoot the bullets off the sides of the walls. And hit each other like from in the butt. Like you're like, oh, where'd that bullet even come from? And you spin around. You don't need to know nothing about no games. You just got the terrible Atari 2600 controller. Even back then, we all knew it was oh, yeah, terrible. It's awful. And but you're moving that controller and you're hitting the one button, and that's all you needed to do. And yes, mom and dad could play it. Anybody could play it. Yeah. So that concept was how I started playing video games, and the only reason I did. And we all started before that with Pong, which anybody could play. You'd watch biker dudes in bars play Pong. Because they were just like, hey, Jimmy, get over here. I don't know. This is thing. Move this thing around. All right. And, oh, I beat you. Yeah. It it was so easy. Well, it's, you know, Pong is the same as as table tennis, right? Right. Everyone knows the rules to table tennis. And so, you know, you got a pool table over here and then you got Pong. It's like they're just both two things to do while you're chatting and drinking a beer. Right. So I think that, you know, I don't know. I think there might be a potential of... You know, it's all got to be a perfect storm because the devs have to be there. You got to have those games yeah. that are fun. You got to have that Killer Queen kind of game that comes out for it that's exclusive. And people are like, you know, this is a great segue. I actually want to, for the two minutes or five minutes we have left, 
I want to defend Ouya because I they always get so much shit on every podcast. <laughs> and the Ouya was a great fucking system. Everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Huh. It, it was, um, I had it and had new friends who made games for it and stuff. Towerfall came out on it first. Okay. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. I think, Towerfall. I think most people's frustration with it is that it just wasn't, especially the, like the store part was just not moderated or you know curated whatsoever but they were trying my point is i actually talked to those developers it's 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 an analysis for like it's a metaphor for i just want to promote people who are trying stuff and because i try stuff and you try stuff and people who create things it's a fucking hard thing to do and you're like lucky if anything ever takes off and so i just i met those developers early on and i liked their little system and they tried really hard and they probably didn't have the best person doing the marketplace but it was like a person or three, you know? And they did get like Towerfall and some other really incredible exclusives before any other platform. They just didn't have enough games. So, and then it had this amazing um, ability to just hack it like like a whatever, make the emulators and play your old games you want on that too. So for me, it was a great little system. I hooked up to my HGTV and played a ton of new indie games as well as all these old emulator stuff, which, you know, I know is whatever, to a retro fan. Is oh, gonna, yeah. But uh, at the same time, I just love that little box. And I just I just get tired of people, like, bad-mouthing it because I feel like they were trying really hard, and I don't. I will never, like, diss someone for trying. Well, I Does also, that make sense? I, I sympathize with this because it's, once the Internet sort of decides that something is bad, it sort of just becomes a dog pile and, like, right. the facts of it don't really right. matter so much anymore. And we're in that dangerous territory with, like, new stuff like that. Yeah. You so know? This, so... And this includes, I mean, this goes all the way back to people's misunderstanding of, like, the game crash in 1983. Like, oh, people right. have just heard enough. They just hear, keep hearing the word E.T. and game crash, and they just keep hearing these things swirling around on the Internet, and so they've just... Yep. That's just what keeps getting repeated um, when, you know, it's a lot more complex and obviously did not come down to one game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. How, how could it? Um, so, you know, I, I sympathize with that because I definitely think that Uya hate is, while, while it was a failure, like it was justified being a failure. Like there's a reason, I think there were legitimate reasons that people were disappointed with it, of course. But I think... When most people are talking about it, they're not really even talking from any like sort of experience they 100%, had. They're just 100%. sort of talking about what they've heard other people's experiences are and what other, you know, what's been said on the internet. That's all I'm saying. If you owned one and were like, "Man, I was disappointed," you know, or you were you backed right. it and stuff. And that, like that that was Cody. Cody right. paid yeah. one of the higher tiers to get a limited edition color, yeah. and then was just really disappointed. Yeah. With it. So that's. I get that. I, I think it. there's completely legitimate reasons to be disappointed with the product that you bought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's just the idea I hear so many people just be like, oh yeah, that ooh yeah thing. And they've never even, they didn't experience it. They've never it. held one. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but I wait. get it. Oh, here's another <laughs> another good memory. And it's, it's, it does come down to memories that you have with things, right? So that system, I don't know if you were there. I think it was before I met you. But I did these live podcasts for Video Game Break, my old podcast. And we did one at Reagan Lounge here in Seattle. And we had a contest. Uh, it was a balloon party uh, uh, tournament. Oh, and cool. we did it on the Ouya because we were just able to. You know, of course, we could have. I think we actually had systems there as well. We had Nintendos and things like that. But we had a couple other games, uh, and especially indie ones. There was this one called Bomb Something. It was like Bomberman. And we put them all together, and the Ouya was like 
the winner of the night because it was like this cool thing where you could hook up your phones as well as mm-hmm. con- for controllers and everything was wireless and it just worked seamlessly like it was just this great little box and it was teeny and it was easy for me to you know travel with it so i don't know it just i've had great memories with it um kind of like i have had great memories with turbo graphics which you could talk about in a whole podcast <laughs> and people do without a lot of that same thing where they're like oh yeah that system that failed all right, well, calm the fuck down. You know, I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of circumstances for failure that don't have to do with it being bad. Like poor marketing can right. tank pretty much anything, right? Oh. I'm not saying that's the case with anything we're talking about. It but, was partially the case but, with graphics, but, but, but just yeah. in general, I mean, something doesn't have to with when something fails, it doesn't necessarily mean it was because it was bad or crappy. I mean, they obviously had some part of it that was bad. To warrant it failing, yep. mm-hmm. um, or at least subpar, you know, inferior to the other offerings out there. But yeah, but yeah, that certainly doesn't make it bad. I would love to have you back for a Turbo Graphics um, Sega Genesis conversation because <laughs> I have been waiting to do that podcast for a while. I can't believe you haven't done one. I know because I do talk about it a lot. Uh, anyways, lastly, I'll say Intellivision. I hope you do well, and we'll see. I hope so too. I mean, it's it's a neat idea and it's a it's a big risk. Yep. That they're not putting to crowdfunding, which is a big right. deal. They're paying for it. Yeah. So, I mean, to put up all that money for a big risk like this to try to, you know, kind of put this sub-category console market, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's interesting. It's a question mark, and we'll find out soon. Um, and you can find that on the internet. Just type in television. Yeah. Television, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell Rico. And we don't know the name of it yet. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be called the Intellivision 2000. Why 2000? Because it just sounds cool. I don't know. Okay. Uh, by the way, last video game thing before we go, Nippon Marathon. Are you playing that? Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. What is that? It's this weird, uh, like, running racing game. What do you call it when they're just people and they're running and they're racing? Like Endless Runner type thing? Or no, no, like, uh, remember, uh, what was it called? Wild Runner? There was one game on the PlayStation 1 that was uh, racing and your people and you're just running. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those actually. Well, okay. there's two in Japan, and then the one we that got we one. got one, yeah. and I played that one. It's like that, uh, and physics. So you can run and jump and fall all over the place, and <laughs> like little dogs come out and butt at your legs, and it's just crazy Japan running through a like a course, and it's amazing. And the gifts I've made from it are like, my favorite thing in the world. Nippon Marathon. Nippon it's on Marathon. Steam. Okay. You need to go check it out, and so do the listeners. All right, as we go, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kels Lewin. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Kelsey Lewin. You got... do those videos, but they'll take a while because they, they, they really, you really do it right. They take a while, but there should be one out very soon. So. Oh, yeah, the sewing machine one. Yeah. I'm excited it's, uh, I, I did a lot of editing yesterday, and I'm, I'm getting pretty close. So We'll talk about some of that editing stuff. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here. And, yeah, uh, thank you for listening, everybody, everybody at home. And uh, this is the new discussion version of the show. We'll be doing a solo one where I talk by myself in my room, probably, with the mixer. And then we'll do these, and we're going to do them every week. So I've booked these out for our two months almost now. Sweet. So we're getting It's a cool studio. Back. Yeah, I love it. Cloud Studios, by the way. Uh, love them. And check out cloudstudios.com. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's on the internet. All right. Thanks, Kelsey. I'll see. We'll see you later. See ya. I don't have an ending. We're doing it. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>